Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Amen. So I want you to grab hold of your Bibles. We're going to go to the word of the Lord. And I know we're talking about marriage, but these principles that I'm going to discuss in here, if you apply them to your life, it'll help everybody's life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If I told you that there is one decision that you can make, listen to this, y'all. If I walked up to you and said, hey, man, I got something to tell you. There's a decision that you can make that will affect your health, that will affect your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health. This decision will affect your finances. This decision will affect the quality of life you will have. It will affect your intimacy. It will affect your stress level. This Decision can affect where you live. This decision can affect how your children will turn out. Hallelujah. It will affect the, the, your self-esteem. It will affect your worldview. It will affect your happiness. It can have a lasting and profound impacts on your community because of this decision the decision will have implications not only on the community but eventually the world the nation and the world sounds like a pretty big decision doesn't it and you would turn and you would ask me well what decision is that and my answer would be the decision on who you are going to marry getting married entails all of this it got quiet in here it got quiet. All the married people make some noise. I noticed the men are loud. Men like, I got to go home in the car with her. Yeah, yeah, I'm still happy. See me, baby. All the single people make some noise. That The ratio ain't right. Something, something ain't right. Hallelujah. All the single people make some noise. All those who, like, you don't know what you are, make some noise. <laughs> Amen. It's a big decision. When getting married, it's very important that you marry the right person. Some people are with their spouse, so they're like, I don't really want to say a lot. I'm just going to hear where you're going. <laughs> it's important that you marry the right person. Somebody asked somebody... There were two guys were having a conversation. One said, yo, man, do you know the difference between complete and finished? The dude said, yo, man, you, you from Brooklyn? No, I'm joking. Uh, he said, do you? Brooklyn ain't take that too. <laughs> Is Brooklyn in the house? All right. He said, do you know the difference between complete and finished? The dude said, bro, when you complete something, you finish. It's the same thing. He said, nah, bro. He said, there's a difference. He said, man, listen, if I do something and I'm, I'm completed, it's, it's finished. It's the same thing. The guy said, nope. He said, all right, explain the difference. He said, if you marry the right person, you become complete. But if you marry the wrong person, you're finished. <laughs> See, y'all ain't think there was a difference, right? It is important to marry the right person. Amen. You know, the thing about marriage is it's, it's like, I don't know 
if you're like me, if you, if, if you present a certain product in the right way, I'll probably buy it. Commercials have a way of making you buy stuff. I remember when I was in college and I got my first car and I had a scratch. There was a commercial that said, this product, you rub it on any scratch and the paint comes back. And I, I knew in my mind that wasn't logically possible. Because the pain is gone. How is this magic marker going to... But the commercial was so good. I'm not... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Whoever's with me, thank you. So I, I was, you know, ran over to AutoZone or wherever and I bought the product and... Scratch was still there, y'all. The thing is, the commercial was so good, though. And a lot of times, the commercial is very good, but you got to live with the product. I ain't talking about a scratch thing no more. And so for young people in this room, you know, as you, as you, before I talk to the married folks, let me tell you something. You, you, you're like, what are you talking about? But, but some young people in this room, all your music is oversaturated with this. First of all, the concept of love is ruined in your generation. There is no virtue in your generation. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. Young people ain't scared of none of y'all, you know. I'm scared of none of y'all. There's no virtue in your generation anymore. There is no... The enemy has unleashed something in your mind to just even destroy your concept of what family is. But you know, if you come to this church, I preach to you and I tell you this all the time. If you want to change the world, it has to start in the house. I give God praise that I was, I was fortunate enough to be raised long enough with both mom and dad in the house. It isn't until I'm older now that I see the value of that. When you, when you were young, you think that family structure don't matter. And you, 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 you know, you young people, you know, you, you, you don't understand how valuable it is to have parents that are there pushing you. Nowadays, generation is different. Like my generation, we, we ain't had much and punishments were truly punishments. Like when you said go to the room, I lived in solitary confinement. Like I had to share room with two other, two other brothers and them, they were older than me and they didn't care about my life. So when you go into that room, it's, it's, it's nowadays you send a kid go to the room, it's, it's kind of fun. Dude got Xbox, he got PlayStation, he got an iPad, he got a computer, and he bored. How many of you got kids that are always bored with toys galore? Right? So, so this generation is different because they have a lot, but, but, but through these devices, they're constantly being challenged, and the enemy is trying to steal it. Listen to me, young people. If you can go to school and learn all of the concepts they are telling you in school, if, if some of the things they're asking you to learn, like, like Shai, Shai is, is, getting re- is in middle school now and is, is he's getting into math more and more. I can't wait for him when they start adding. Le- like when I was learning math growing up, it was all numbers. Somebody tricked me. They didn't tell me that I was going to have to multiply letters later. <laughs> letters was in English. 
Math was just numbers, but then you get in there like, what's A plus B plus C squared? And you're like, hold on, no. That's the alphabet. The point I'm trying to make is that, that, that when, you, when you get older, you, 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 you know, you're going to be challenging. And as, you, as, you, as you're challenging, as you get older, there's a fight over your mind to make you think there's no such thing as truth. And if you can learn all these crazy concepts, you're not too young to learn about what the God of the universe says about you. I don't know, but just let me just say this to the young people, right? You're not a cosmic accident. Come on, adults. I'm a, I'm, I know all the married people are like, just can you hurry up? We got issues. <laughs> They're young. They're going to get here. But, but let me just say this. To, let me just. He, he got a lot of time. <laughs> You're not a cosmic accident. You're not without purpose. And when you live your life as though you have no purpose, one will be decided for you. Somebody got a plan for your life. Listen. I can prove it to you. They got so much a plan for your life that people fight over the information in your phone just so that they can know your patterns to decide how they're going to get you. People are constantly fighting for you to become part of what they're doing. But you're not purposeless. When you go to math class, they tell you nothing from nothing equals then you go to science class and they tell you that the world came from nothing. It doesn't make sense. Put the math teacher and the science teacher and say, make it make sense. You say nothing can't come from nothing and you say that the world came from nothing. Something don't make sense. The world didn't come from nothing. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. And the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. So I want to challenge you young people in this room. Educate yourself and grow in the Lord because these are decisions that you're going to have to make. And all your music is oversaturated to all the single people in the room. You've got such a, a, a culture that has distorted what relationship is. And it is not by accident. The enemy would love nothing more than to destroy families. But I want you to know that family is God's idea. It's not a governmental idea. It's not man's idea. It is God's idea. Come on, somebody. Help me out today, y'all. And so, uh, uh, when getting married, it's important that you marry the right person. And, and a lot of us, we look at the commercial. And so, when we, when we date or, or when you're young and you're single, you, just, you have no idea what it is. You, 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 you just, the commercial is nice when you're dating. But then when you get married, you got to come home and live with the product. And that's where the trouble starts. But I want you to know today that there's a lot of people that uh, they say things like this. They say, you know, I want to marry somebody who has the ability to care for me. And to when I'm down in my spirit. They must be able to preach me out of a slump like T.D. Jakes. I want to marry somebody that when I'm going through and I'm discouraged, they must be able to motivate me. 
I want somebody that when I make mistakes, they forgive me. That they are patient with me. That they are kind to me. I want somebody caring. I want somebody who is as good with the finances as Dave Ramsey. I want somebody who's great at health like whatever doctor. And they go on and on and on. And so my question always becomes, all the demands that you want, are you that for them? Because it's not just about marrying the right person. It's about becoming the right partner. Come on, somebody. I wish she would be more understanding. Have you checked yourself lately? I wish they would be more patient. You have to be whatever you demand. Amen? Amen. Listen to this, y'all. Not knowing the purpose of something can cause you to misuse or miss out on the benefits of it. When you don't know the purpose of a thing, you are most likely going to abuse the thing. Give you a good example of that. If I've never known what a chair was, I could probably start standing on this thing and thinking it's a trampoline and jump on it. The not knowing what a chair exists for, that it's actually there for me to sit on it and relieve the stress of standing, I would miss the benefits of it. I can actually start jumping on it and say, maybe this is some type of trick machine and try to do a flip with it and break it. I begin to abuse it. And what's true for that is also true for your marriage. If you don't understand that there's a purpose behind marriage, you're going to misuse, abuse, and miss out on the benefits of marriage. And most people jump into marriage and they have no idea. They think the wedding is the marriage. The wedding is just the tip. The wedding ain't even a point. Two percent. As a matter of fact, I look back now, I'd save all that money. Can I get a witness in the house today? I would tell Sherry, Sherry, let's go. At, Sherry, we married. Come on. Hallelujah. Now pronounce us man and wife. Sign the paper. Because it's not how big you enter the thing. It's can you last in the thing. Hallelujah. It's not how big the wedding is. And y'all know me. I tell y'all all the time. I see the grand doors of wedding. I see people, people come cascading out the floor with smoke machines and lights. And they come out and they playing the baddest songs. And they dancing and coming down the aisle. <laughs> A year later, pastor, what's up? I can't stand them. I told y'all before, one time I, I did a wedding, performed the wedding, and the couple after they finished, they, they exited on a boat, and they sailed out, and all the guests just watched them on the boat <laughs> as they sailed, and then they sailed and sailed. What are we doing, dog? You watching, and they sailed back. I said, this is, this is amazing, but it's not how big you enter the thing. It's can the thing last. Amen. Y'all with me so far? And so a lot of people enter into something, and that's true for everything in your life. When you don't understand the purpose of things in your life, you, if you don't understand how money works, you will misuse, miss out, and mishandle the benefits that you can get from money. If you don't understand parenting, you will abuse your position as a parent. 
You could be, you could by not, that's why the best thing you can do for yourself is constantly educate yourself in the areas that you already exist in. If you're a father, don't educate yourself on what that means. Y'all hear what I'm saying? If you're a husband, buy a book on how to be a good husband. Can I get an amen from the brothers? Can I get an amen from their wives? Wow, that was... Listen to this. In Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because you have, here's the part of this verse, everybody knows to quote this verse, right? That, that uh, in Hosea 4, chapter 6, it's uh, verse 6, it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. How many of you ever heard that verse before? You heard it many times. People say we can, people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But you know what? People don't know the other part of this verse that says this, because they have rejected knowledge. It's one thing to not know. It's another thing to have the information there and you just don't educate yourself in it. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. It's one thing to not know. It's another thing for the information to be available, but you rejected it. Amen? And so, so, so educate yourself in these areas. Listen to this. Point number two I want to make to you. Not because a lot of marriages failed means that yours will. If you are married in this house, you make up your mind that my marriage don't have to fail because everybody else's did. You don't have to run out of your marriage because you see somebody else's marriage is bad. How many of you ever stopped driving because you saw a car accident? Not because somebody else crashed means you will. And that's the first thing you got to know. The first thing you got to know is if you're a believer, if you're, if you're raising a family, if you're, if you're striving for anything, if you're in a career, if you're doing anything that God has called you to do. Look at what Philippians 1, 6 says about our God. Being confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's talking about salvation. That if God saves you, God is able to keep you all the way until you get to heaven now if he's able to keep crazy me saved y'all ain't gonna say nothing there hallelujah because there's days i wake up and save don't have a feeling thank god save is not a feeling because there's days i don't feel saved hallelujah there's days i feel like telling somebody about jesus There's days you feel all types of way. Save is not a feeling and say, save is a position in Christ. I've accepted him as Lord and Savior and he's able to keep me all the way until I die. Now, if he's able to keep me saved, I got to believe that he's able to keep my marriage too. That if, he, if he's brought us together, he's able to keep us together until, until, he, until we see him face to face. Hallelujah, somebody. And so, so, so that's the book of Philippians, not because somebody else has failed. And listen, you, you don't have to not be any, anybody that has failed. People who fail at stuff always want to make you live their experience. Don't, you don't have to, don't let nobody who's failed at anything make their failure your experience. Listen to me. I don't know what you're into. If, 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 if you're starting a business, not because somebody else has failed means yours will. 
Not because somebody else failed in, in, in a subject. If you're trying to do something, if you're in college and you're pushing your way through, if you're trying to figure out life, not because somebody else failed at it means that that has to be your experience. Too many times the believer makes everybody else's life theirs. God has a, a call over your life for you. Amen? Now, if I were to title the sermon today, I would title it Marriage 101 because when you go to college and you take any course that says 101, it's just the basics of that course. So I can't tell you everything about marriage today, but I'm going to give you some basics and then we're going to get out of here. I've been married 22 years to the same lady. But today, she has forsaken me. Where is Sister Sherry? On the day you're preaching about marriage, you should have your wife in the front, pastor. She's in the nursery working, y'all. 22 years I've been married. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't, I didn't meet my wife like most Christian people. Most Christian people, when they describe how they met their wife, they were there. And they were, they were singing hill song. And they were always in worship. And they looked across the room and the spirit of the Lord begun to play. And I looked over and there she was and her eyes locked eyes. And we knew by the spirit of God that we were meant. That didn't happen. I was watching Jerry Springer in your college. Tell you the truth. I was watching crazy Jerry. I was there in your college. I was watching Jerry Springer. Sister Sherry said, she looked at me because, you know, <laughs> come on, y'all, if you don't love you, I like me. You don't like me, God likes me. Never mind. And she looked over at me and, you know, Savannah, don't laugh at your father. Don't be laughing at your, your father was fine. And your mother just couldn't resist. She said... Young man, come here. I want to ask you a question. And she whispered something in my ear. I said, oh. I am appalled and offended. <laughs> Y'all want to know what she asked me? You know you do. Y'all want to know? She said, Nunya. <laughs> So I, my father had passed away at the time. She came to church. I don't know how. She, she end, ended up coming to church, and I used to play the drums over there, and I'm playing. And I said, that's the girl that offended me. <laughs> but secretly, I like the offense. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I got a number, and we, we started to talk on the phone. One night, I called up, and I said, Yo, you want to go to the movies? She said, no. I said, all right, peace. Because, <laughs> you know, your boy ain't got time to waste in these streets. You know what I'm saying? I was out. And um, she called back right away and said, Why'd you, why didn't you ask me again? I said, why didn't you say yes the first time? <laughs> in hindsight now, that's an indication of something that could be a problem in the marriage communication. Because the number one rule in speech is say what you mean and mean what you say. So I told Sherry, I said, I ain't no mind reader. And if you're going to be with me, I'm a deep brother. (laughs) (laughs) 
I need Brother Young to leave. I need to <laughs> raise him up out of here, you know what I mean? And so I'm, we, 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 my father was passed away at the time. I, uh, my son, Sevi, who played and is gone now, he's off to his college. He's, you know, doing his thing over there. Um, came out of wedlock. We weren't married. And I just knew that the only, I didn't, I didn't have a mentor in my life. My father was gone. I didn't have any marriage to look up to other than the one that my father and mother displayed. So I had the makings of everything that says you should end up in tragedy. Son out of wedlock. And let me tell you, I had the best job in the world, y'all. I was working at Pathmark in the deli. I was nice on, you know what I'm saying, what you need. A pound of ham, what you need. I was nice. My wife used to call me Cape Boy because I used to. I didn't have much, but everything suggested that you should have ended up divorced. We fought a lot in the beginning of our marriage. I got frustrated so many times because she just didn't get it. Come on, fellas. Yeah, yeah, what happened now, Brother Ian? <laughs> kind of quiet now, huh? Yeah, huh? <laughs> love you, Brother Ian. Love you, love you. And I know your wife in here, but you know she watching online. That's why he's like, I'm going <laughs> to We fought a lot in them young days. I mean, arguments. Arguments to the point where you, you, you didn't know if this was going to work. We had money issues. We could never manage money. We were broke. Brokeity broke. No, y'all don't understand. Like broke to the point where they knock on your door and say, is there anybody in here that needs the lights to live? Y'all, you never had that happen? You never had nobody, don't say yes too loud if you want nobody to know. Nobody knew all of this. Broke to the point where it's like, yo, yo yeah, yeah, I got somebody in the back on, a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on one of the machines. If you, if you take off the light, she going to die. Lying through your teeth, please don't take off the light. And then I used to get tickets all the time. Anybody got that parking ticket spirit that chase? That spirit used, that parking ticket spirit used to find me, y'all. And so I would come home and I would, I'd be like, we broke and I got another ticket. And Sherry would be like, I don't understand. I don't. And she would flip out and I'd be sitting there. And I, one night I remember I was telling her, I got so frustrated. I said, listen to me, woman. It was like a scene out of a movie. I am not driving around New York City looking for bus stops to park in. I don't do that. I'm trying my best. I had the makings of everything that should have been a destructive relationship. So what kept me 22 years? Four beautiful kids. Pastoring them. What kept me? I'm going to try to give you all some of those things. But I can tell you it real quick. It was the fact that we both, no matter what we did, the word of God. God was the standard. 
So after every fight, I didn't need her to correct me. I had a Bible that was doing it. Oh, we're going to talk. 22 years of marriage, y'all. 22 years. We've, we've survived a lot. We've seen a lot. And God has kept us. Here's the thing. I'm going to give you a couple 101 things and we're gone. The way I communicate can make or break the marriage. For single people or for business people, that's true for everything in your life. As a pastor, the way I communicate can make or break the church. As a father, the way I communicate with my children can make or break them. I came up in an era where parents just said, do what I say. Why? Because I said so. For us, I don't know. That answer was good enough for us. I think because that answer came with abuse and violence. In our generation, when a parent said, because I said so, you'd be like, I got so many questions, but if I ask right now, my, my body's not ready for the pain I might receive. You know what? I'm going to just do. In this generation, because, you know... We've changed. They want to know the why to the what. And so as a father, being a good father comes with learning how to communicate to them. The young ones and the older ones are so vastly different. Silas will run in the room and he, and he still think he's baby. He's six years old. And he'd be like, da-da. And I'd be like, Bye-bye. Because <laughs> I know he going to turn into Savannah. Dad, don't hug me. Savannah loves me. She knows she adores me. They come into the room and they want to communicate. They want to talk all the time to you like, Arch, Silas, you're going to have to like stop talking now. The older ones are never come into my room. Never, ever. Ever. You're never going to see them. And one day God had to say, so it's time for you to start going to their room. And so I go to their room and they say, get out. Okay. <laughs> no, they don't do that. They don't do that. But you go into their room and I spend time. If, if, like never before, I'm raising a man. He's 22 years old. He's trying to find his way. And so there's so many things like I wish he would just do because if I was, I, because I'm advanced double his age. So I know what I would do now, but when I was 22, I was doing the same things he was doing. So I got to put myself back in that state and be patient, go back. You know how many times I walk back into my son's room and say, I apologize. Anger got the best of me, son. And when you communicate from anger, it destroys things. Now, that's, that's talking about parenting, but that is true also for your marriage. The way you communicate with your spouse is, is that's, they say three things affect a marriage. They say it's the communication, the intimacy, and the money. Write that down, put that in your forehead, put that on your Twitter. The, the, if, if the communication is bad, your marriage is going downhill. If there's no intimacy, God bless you. If there's no money, it gets rough. They all interlock. They affect one another. 
when the money ain't, the situation ain't right, if we fight over money, communication is gone. Intimacy is gone. If we fight over, but, but, but out of the three, you can solve all of them with the communication. That is the key. I have learned in life that anything I want, it starts with a word. So how important it is for me to carry. That's why, you know, growing up in, in New York City, it was all, yo, 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 we from the hood, bro. I don't understand us, man. You know what I'm Brothers is out here. You know yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool at a concert. That don't work in marriage. Sherry said, hey, man, why you ain't take out the garbage? Because you know what I'm saying. You know what I mean. What are you, why, are you, why are you making those points? Because listen to me, young people. Listen to me. The one thing you want, forget all of these pop icon rappers that you're seeing. If you follow in pop culture, you can see that there's an argument being made by some people right now. And I don't agree with everything, but it's a very valid argument. Why is it that our community gets music that's kill this, do that, do this, work this, twerk this, this, that, 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 that. <laughs> We in there. It is the most denigrating, uneducating music. And um, it took us years to get here. It took us years because when preachers used to preach like this, we were painted as the bad guys. When we told y'all throw out certain CDs, it was like, yo, y'all are haters. It's just culture. It's just community. It's just entertainment. Until now in 2022, some of us are starting to say, hold on, wait a minute. If it's just entertainment, why is it only us getting entertained like this? Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. And it's our kids weeded up. It's our kids getting experimented on. It's our kids. Our, our, listen, I didn't read. One day I told Savannah, I said, Savannah. And it didn't dawn on me. I said, Savannah, we go to, I went to school with metal detectors. And while I was telling her that, I said, and that was normal to me. I went to school every day being checked like a criminal. And that was normal. And I'm not against it. I'm just saying that, you know, we, we at a point now where it is. But, but the real problems in the community never gets addressed. But I'm saying all that to say that the point is this. Your generation gets dumbed down so much to keep you in ignorance that you don't understand that the power of your growth is in your ability to articulate properly. To be able to communicate is a gift from God if you can talk you can live oh my God. if you can talk you can change your world it is so powerful words that the Bible says by the word worlds were created and so the way you communicate can make or break your marriage. Because here's the thing. When people hear, let's talk about marriage, they're like, yeah, tell me how to get rid of the problem. Let me help you. They're not going away. They will arise. And when you fix that one, new ones will arise. It is not, marriage is not getting rid of problems. Marriage is the ability to solve them. Can I, here I am, a whole person in my 40s, and I have not been able to fix me. 
How in the world am I fix another person? Yeah, we be like, if, if they, they could just get it together, we'd be all right. For some reason, you think you did. Come on, don't look away at me when I talk about you. <laughs> Amen. Look at this. Look, there's three types of people. This is going to have to be, a, 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 I'm probably going to have to complete this. And I'm going to try to rush through this. I'm almost done. People who communicate passively. Those are the people who never want to talk about anything. They're just like, oh, I don't like to confront. Let's just deal with it later. They always want to sweep things under the rug. I just, I'm a peaceful person. The problem with that is that you never really deal with the issue. Imagine there's a build, something in the, fire, in the building burning, and you're like, I don't want to talk about that right now. Eventually, we're going to have to talk about it. Then there's the opposite of passive. There's the aggressive communicator. You know how I am. They never listen. They just, they, they just listen for the purpose of when they're going to jump in. Who's guilty? You're just listening to argue. That's me, y'all. That's me. Like, I, I know, Lord, okay, you got me. And then there's the graceful communicator. The person who is not just listening to jump in, but listening to truly understand and come to where your mindset is. Because you could never really have an effect on a person unless you come where they are. Imagine if I get up to you and, and just say to you, you're in poverty? Just get out of it in Jesus' name. Imagine if you're sick and I just say, you're sick, be healed in Jesus' name. It don't work like that. Good preaching works when you bring yourself. I, too, understand where you were. I understand your perspective. This is why society is so divided, because the powers that be don't ever really want us to get into a room to properly communicate, because you would, real, you would see that the, the division that exists out there, we have more in common then we do a part. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying. And so the, the person who's able to communicate and truly listen, truly listen to understand before you respond. Try to understand where this person is coming from. Why, how, what is leading them to this conclusion? Before I respond, let me listen. Look at what the Bible says. Fools in Proverbs 18.2. Proverbs 18.2 says this. Fools find no pleasure in understanding. But delight in airing out their own opinions. Come on somebody. Look at what the book of Psalms chapter 141 verse 3 says. Set a guard over my mouth Lord. How many of you are in trouble because of your friend. <laughs> Valerie said straight up. <laughs> yeah, I see people taking screenshots and stuff of it. Yeah, write it down. It's also in your Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Not everything that comes to your mind you have to say. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Proverbs 17, 19 says, anyone who loves to quarrel loves sin. Anyone who trusts in high walls invite disasters. When you are in a relationship, listen to this point. The relationship is more important than the issue. 
if you if an issue arises in your life, the person you are in relationship, remember that maintaining the relationship is more important than the issue. So therefore, let me do everything possible to maintain your integrity in mind. Never let it, when you feel yourself getting to the point where you're going to say something that's going to ruin the person, you're on dangerous grounds. Back out. In every issue, you want to protect the integrity of the person. Every issue that I have with my wife, I never go to the extent to call her names or tell her you know this or that. I never ever bring up any divorce. Because if you don't make it an option, it ain't an option. When I have discussions with my children, I, we get heated, but I never come out and say, you know what? I protect it because the relationship, the issues are going to be far gone, but we're still going to have to figure this out. Come on, somebody. Listen to this, y'all. Don't make a person's failure their identity. Never make what somebody else mess up in there become their identity. Imagine if Sherry had told me, you, you are the parking ticket and made that my identity and say, this guy, just he's just bad with money. And so I can't be married to him because I now made his failure his identity. Love your wife like Christ, Christ loved the church. It's funny because the church is a bunch of sinners, hypocrites, people who's busted, people who ain't got it together, and God never calls us any of that. He calls us the righteousness of God. He calls us the head and not the tail. He, he, he calls us what he's making us to be. And so when you speak to your spouse, when you speak to your children, if you're a boss or a leader, you speak in a job, watch what you say because words create worlds. And you never want to make anybody's failure their identity. Amen, somebody. Y'all with me? Look at what the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says. And I'm, I'm almost done, y'all. I promise y'all. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, love is patient. Love is. Now, I always like to do this. Remove the word love and put your name in there. Yeah, that's what we're going to do, but we ain't going to just say Julian alone, okay, Julian? You say your name in your head. He's like, yes, I like this exercise, everybody. Say it with me, Julian. No, no, no. Listen, take, take the word love out of there and put your name in there in your head. Richard is patient. Is kind. Does not envy. Doesn't, it did not boast. Is not proud. <laughs> Does not dishonor. How many of you failed like after like the third one? How many of you failed at the first one? Patient. You already said that ain't me, bro. Look, look, let's read on. Look. Love is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. 
How many of you, when you arguing, you bring up stuff from like three months ago? Don't say loud. Don't do that in any of your relationships. If you've forgiven somebody, don't bring it up. That's making it their identity. They can never get over something they did five, six years ago. Come on, somebody. You got to learn to let go. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. Boy, this would take me a whole nother sermon to go through all of this. It always protects, always protects. There's a rule in my house. I can say whatever I want about my family, but you can't. Thank you, Kayla. I guess that was powerful. In other words, I protect, no matter what I'm doing, I protect the integrity of my family. I protect them, I protect. Because when, you, when you're a family, you, you, see, you see people for who they are. Remember this, you are not what you display, you are what you hide. People display the best of them, but they really are what's behind closed doors. And so I always protect, protect, no matter what, it protects. It always trusts, always hope, always perseveres. I want you to notice something in there. Nowhere in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 did it say love is emotions. Or love is how you feel. Everything it says there, if I read this first, I would not want to be in love. Because it requires everything from me that I am not. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. I, 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 I'm the guy who prays for patience like this. Lord, I want patience and I want it now. <laughs> I'm the guy who's not as kind as I could be. I am proud. I am boastful. I am all these things. I fall short of so many of these things. That's why I know when the Bible says God is not a form of love or he's like love, but he is He's the only one who could be loved because if you take the word love out and you put God in there, he wins. God is patient. God is kind. God holds no records of... You keep going on. God always protects. God is the only one who truly demonstrates love. And that's why I know I can only truly love if I have God's ability working, his spirit helping me to love. And so in my marriage, and I, I, I promise y'all I'm done. Listen. Information is just receiving information. Information is no good if it doesn't bring transformation. And everything we just read about love and communication, because all those things should be in your communication, patience, kindness, protection, all of that should be in there. And, 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 and everything you read there, is, it, it's, it's work. You don't wake up and become patient. You don't, so when you got married and the wedding was good, the work now began. When you got married, the next day you clocked in. It wasn't a vacation. Oh, no, you thought it was a vacation because you were going to a honeymoon. You were going to Hawaii. You didn't know that Hawaii was, you didn't know that you could be in paradise and that angry. Oh, y'all know what I'm talking about. Anybody ever been in a nice place 
and been big mad. Y'all, y'all hear what I'm saying? And so, 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 so it happens. This is work. So when you got married, here's what you first have to understand. That there's no quick fix to our problems. That we're going to have to take our time and apply these principles when I communicate. If I start there, if I lower the temperature, if I lower, if I try to understand, it doesn't mean you're always going to get the, the person on the same page. And you got to learn a compromise. Oh, boy, I had to learn a compromise. I didn't know I was going to have to watch sports in these secluded places in the house because nobody else want to watch it. I didn't know that when I got kids, that was going to be the last pair of nice jeans you're going to ever buy for yourself. Like yesterday, Savannah's walking around the house. Savannah's like, Sherry said, what do you want to eat? Savannah said, what do we have? <laughs> Sherry shouts back, and I'm just listening. I said, you didn't notice. I'm just listening to Savannah. Savannah's like, like she's got, you know, she's just ordering. She said, no, I don't like any of that. Just order out. <laughs> In my, ne- <laughs> my next room, I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. We worked to get there. It didn't start there. And you got to work to that. You got to work to be able to get to these levels. You, there, there's times when, when you got to compromise. There's times when Savannah had to eat ramen. What you having for lunch? Ramen. What's for dinner? You like ramen, right? You like Naruto, right? <laughs> ramen again. It was times we liked Naruto, not because it was a cool anime, it was because it promoted ramen. <laughs> Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Y'all, it, it. And the way inflation is going, they get one cereal in the house. <laughs> you get a ce- one cereal. <laughs> it takes information is not like so 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 what is your point you could go to a therapist and they could give you information and you still be in the same place you could listen to this sermon and you will go out of here and you will be in the same boat because what you need is not information what you need is for the information to become application so it can bring transformation And that's the problem with where we live. We live in the most informed generation of our times, but nobody's changing. It seems like we're actually going backwards. When it comes to racial issues, it seems like we've taken steps backwards. The world is full of hate now more than it ever was before when I was a kid. Or maybe it was there, I just didn't notice it. But boy, tensions are on a high right now. The world is filled with all these issues. and It seems like we're going backwards in a time where there's so much information on how we can actually fix problems. The problem is not information. The problem is application of it. And once it's not being applied, if you, and here's what people do. People make the mistake, say, yeah, I got the information. I got the application. But when I get mad, I don't want to hear none of that. That's your mistake. Your mistake is your anger. Because no matter how angry you get, have you ever watched sports? 
No matter how angry you get, you better obey those rules. Because there's a referee that's going to blow that whistle and throw you out the game. And when you break the rules that God has put in place, you're out the game. You are cruising for a downfall. So it's not the issues you're really trying to fix. You're trying to get tools on how to manage issues. And most people never want to do the work, but they want the benefits. They want the benefits of marriage without the work of marriage. And let, let me say this. I'm done with this, y'all. I, I promise you I'm done. I'm done. In the beginning of the marriage, I would tell Sherry all of what she's doing wrong. She would for sure tell me. I don't think she stopped telling me. <laughs> you know when my marriage began to go uphill? When we both made a decision that I have no control over you. There is nothing I can do to control you. That's why people become, men become abusive because they want to control. Even women become abusive. I can't get this man to do whatever. And women become abusive. It's something in you that says, I want them to act this way. But it's a whole nother being. They're not going to always see things your way. They have their own lens. They're coming from their own world experiences. Your family sat and had dinner every night. Their family, they don't know their daddy. And you talk about, you don't understand. No, they don't. They come from totally different experience. They never understood money. You, you might have come from a rich family. You understand how money, you got to save up. You got, you, this is how we do. They don't understand that. So what was, was now you want to control. You can't, here's where I change. When I decided that the only person I've got control over is me. And she understood that the only person she has control over is me. <laughs> I could never be serious, not even for a minute. And I spent the rest of my life and will spend the rest of my life not trying to control people, but to become the best me that I can be. Because if I can become, I spent about an hour and a half on the phone last night with a brother telling me about what happened to him in a situation at his church. And it broke my heart, the abuse that happened. And I said, man, God help me to be the best pastor I could be. Help me not to chase Hollywood dreams like these other pastors. No, no shade at nobody, but help me be the best pastor. God, when I deal with my children, I, they don't notice, but I wrestle with it so much. I'm like, God, people are like, man, you got great kids. I'm like, and I, but I feel like the worst father because there's so much I want from them. And I'm like, God, if it, let it never be something I didn't do. Help me. And the more I work on myself is the more I see my own life improving. And the people around me, when they've taken that posture, when Sherry's taken that posture, the two of us come and we bring the best of ourselves. I listen to a lot of what that woman says to me. 
If she says you, 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 and she say something, I don't walk away like she's wrong. I listen. Could it be true about me? Because if it is true about me, I might change the partner, but the problem will remain. Changing the partner is not the answer. It might be for the partner who changed you. Y'all got that late. Amen. Changing the partner is not the problem. It's you. Transformation needs to happen. Let me tell you something. All the work that Jesus did, everything he did, listen to this, y'all. Let me say it this way. Jesus was filled with scars, filled with hurt, filled with wounds, filled with everything. And he went to the grave and he died. He wasn't beautiful. The Bible says in Isaiah, he had no form of comeliness and he would be nothing that we desire. We looked upon him and he was nothing that we should ever desire or want to be like when it described his crucifixion. It reminds me of a caterpillar going into a cocoon. It is the ugliest looking worm in the world. Don't nobody pick up a caterpillar and be like, check it out, y'all. It goes in there and transformation has to happen. The crazy thing is, and if I had time, marriage is likened on to what Christ did for the church. And when you go into marriage, you went in thinking one thing, but you need to change that thinking. It's going to transform you. You're going to learn so much about yourself that you've never known. Yes, they are abusive people. Yes, some of you married crazy people who are narcissistic. And unless a miracle happens, they were abusive. They put their hands on you and all. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about marriage that is dealing with just problems that we all are dealing with. Those other ones, you really need to see an expert and probably run. Because I know if anybody put their hands on my daughter, they got 10 seconds to leave the crib because Pops is coming. I'm coming, I'm coming, boy. <laughs> I wouldn't want nobody to, to put their hands on my daughter. And if anybody ever hit Sevy, same thing. Because men get abused too. Cute in the movie when, the, when, when it happened. It ain't cute in real life. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And he took all the scars to the grave. And so you coming into marriage and you probably got a bunch of bags. Bunch of bags. You probably had a place now where you're like, man, we can't even we can't even see eye to eye on finances. And I just think this is not worth even moving on. Or you can't see eye to eye on how to parent. You, like, I don't know. Some of you probably in marriage, you're like, as soon as the kids get older, I'm gone. He don't know it, she don't know it, but I'm gone. You, so many bags I could. 
And those bags and those scars will become the proof of what kills you. Just like Jesus' scars are the proof of what killed him. But he did, didn't stay there. He transformed. Three days later, he broke out the grave. That's the gospel active in your marriage. And what was proof of his scars was now proof of what he overcame. In other words, let me say it this way. If Jesus stayed in the grave, his scars would have been proof of the way he died. But because he didn't stay in the grave, his scars are proof of the things he overcame. And if you, if you do the work and you raise a good family, scars and all. And I want to talk to the men especially. Because men, you're the priest of your homes. And the young men who just think you're not married yet. Listen, we got to start talking to these young men. That they become men. That they become men. That they understand the world tomorrow depends on you today. So yeah, it might feel a little pressury when we talk to you. It might feel like we got a little, we pushing you. But yeah, you need somebody to push you because nobody else will. All the single mothers that are in this building that are pushing your children, push them. Don't break them, but push them. Because you need that. You need men. You need men. Scars and all. Trying to figure out how to make ends meet. There were days I didn't know how I was going to pay bills. But it never I said, God, I'm going to figure this out. We will not die. When it came time to buy in a house, they said, you look like a renter. I said, a renter? I never look like a renter. I look like an owner. I don't know what a renter or owner look like, but I know I look like an owner. I went and said, tell Sherry, buy whatever house you want in the neighborhood. Tell them we got the money. She said, we don't got no money. I said, yes, we do. <laughs> you said, pastor, you was lying. I said, I wasn't lying. I was faithing. <laughs> That's how Christians lie. <laughs> Come on, some y'all hear what I'm saying? Y'all hear what I'm saying? And I worked, I did the work, I figured out, I figured out finances, I figured out, it was simple. You can't spend more than you make. And if you ain't making enough, you gotta get your weight up, bro. So you gotta develop your skills. If you a rapper and that's what you do for a living, you can't be corny. You can't be talking about, come on, if you love Jesus, throw your hands up and expect people to, to support you. So I started saying, hold on, let's get a band, drummer, this, that, bring stage lights. I was, you remember, Stacey? I was bringing pyrotechnics in people's church. I was setting churches on fire. Dudes was like, what is happening? <laughs> and then people after people started saying, we need you to do a show. Do a show. So I said, oh, well, you know, salvation is free. <laughs> but the show going to cost you. <laughs> And God begun to supply my needs. And when shows weren't being booked and, and mute, I remember when I released my first album, I sat at my table with stacks of CDs to mail out. Oh, for the days of CDs to come back. I hate Spotify and iTunes. And I mailed them out and God begun to bless and bless and bless. And every roadblock we hit, the key to it was... 
this relationship is more important than the roadblock. And I love you. And when I said, I promise to marry you from this day forward, I was committing everlastingly to you. And now everything that was a baggage in my life, that was a hurt in my life, is now proof of what God brought me out of. And it can be the same for you if you just continue to ask God to help you work on yourself, y'all. As best as you can, sincerely try to be patient, loving, and you will see the results of it. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes in this place. God, I thank you for every person in this room. I thank you, Lord, that your, your, your spirit is in this room. And I want to make this quick. If something I said resonated with you and you said, Pastor, I like that. I just want to pray with you real quick. I won't ask you to come to the altar or anything. But if you need a word of prayer, I'll pray for you right from the stage because I know our time is far gone. If you would stand to your feet right where you are, I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. Whoever you are, I'll pray. I'll pray with you. I'll pray. If you with your spouse and your marriage has been a little rough, grab her hands right now and indicate to her, we're going to make it through this. That I ain't leaving you. And remember, don't build walls. If you're so angry that somebody can't hold your hands, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. That means the issue is bigger than the relationship. If you're a man in this room, you with your spouse, pray for her right now. Just begin to pray. They hear us complain so much, they hardly hear us pray as men. They don't even know we pray. We pray. God, in the name of Jesus. Whatever you're going through today, I just want to pray with you. Father, you see all these folks that are standing. You see what they're standing for. I don't know what's happening in their lives, but I know you're God. I know you're able to reverse everything. I know, God, that we are imperfect people trying to, God, become more and more like you. I pray in the name of Jesus right now for every issue that is represented. Every circumstance that is re represented. And I just pray in the mighty name of Jesus. That God, your spirit would give a breakthrough. Whether it be something we're struggling with personally. Whether it be our communication. Whether we got family issues. Whether, God, whatever is happening in our lives right now. God, I pray for marriages. I pray for children. I pray for young people. I pray for homes. I pray, oh God, that your spirit would begin to touch the hearts of every person in this room. God, I pray for happy marriages. God, I pray for marriages with children. I pray for our children right now. That our children will become, God, the things that you've created them to be. That no weapon formed against them will prosper. That you will protect and keep our children. God, I pray for homes. I pray for the peace of God to reign there. I pray against discouragement. I pray against anger. I pray against anything that is unlike you. Whatever your people are believing you for, by faith we put it into your hands. Knowing that your word says, cast all our cares upon you, for you care. God, I pray for strong marriages in this room. I pray that you would put a fight in every married person in this room. That 
God, they would not let the enemy get any type of room in their house. In Jesus' name. And I pray you'd give them the patience and the strength to do the work that they would transform and become what you've called them to be. I pray against God everything that the enemy would ever try. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Give Jesus a round of applause. Come on, you can do better than that. Give Jesus a round of applause. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, I thank you for coming out today. I know I went way over my time, but God bless you today. I'll turn you over to Brother Fred, who's going to come at this time and close you out. But come on, put your hands together and welcome him. Thank you guys for coming out today. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Let's put it up. Put our hands together for Pastor Rich and the word that he gave. Amen. Now, I'm here today to uh, collect the tithe and offerings, right? Don't don't die on me right now because we're talking about your money. Please don't do that. On the screen, we're showing you how you can give. I will say this, right? Warren Buffett is considered the greatest investor of our time, right? And there's some other young cats now, younger cats now, that are kind of vying for the throne and saying, you know what? On one dude in particular, he's saying he is the greatest investor of our time. And that's debatable, right? Who the greatest is. But what I can say is, is this. The greatest investment of our time is investing in the kingdom of God. And here, here's why that is. Because when you invest money in the stock market, all you do is get back money if you're, if you're fortunate, right? But when you invest in the kingdom of God, your health gets benefited. Your money gets benefited. Your relationships get, there are so many other benefits when you give to the kingdom of God. And why am I saying that? Okay, no, no worries. Why am I, this sounds better anyway, I appreciate you. <laughs> why am I saying that? I'm saying that because some, even when we have these like these uh, financial, we're not in a, a recession, but we have these financial issues coming. Right? One of the first things the devil says is you don't have the ability, you don't have, you can't afford to give the church your money. Matter of fact, what they doing anyway? Right? And if we're really honest, that has crept in our heads every once in a while. But when we give money to the kingdom of God, it goes to help spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? Those people that you're scared to talk to in your job, maybe we can reach them another way. Does that make sense? So if we can just stand really quick, if we can just stand real quick, real quick, real quick, right? As you guys get ready to give via Cash App Zelle, if you're going to give online, and for those of uh, those of you that are in the house and you want to give another way, our ushers are here, right? Our ushers are here, and we're just going to pray, right? Beautiful. As the praise team comes, we're just going to pray. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for all those uh, that have a a mind to give. And Father, we pray for those that find it hard and find it as a struggle to give. Father, we pray indeed that you would uh, touch those that have this this mindset that is a struggle to give. And Father, help them to see that there is, that this is the way that they need to do it um, to, to come out of the situations that they are in. For those that are giving, Father, we pray that you would continue 
uh, to bless the entire house. Bless everyone here and those that are watching us online. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Good day. And you're I'm not hearing you. Sing it. 